we do uh, every week is we take the offering at the end of our service. Uh, we are actually going to uh, today uh, receive our offering now. Just bring that into our worship time because giving is a form of worship. Just as you saw in the scriptures there on the screen, giving is a form of worship. It reflects our hearts. And so, so as you give today, you can go ahead and make any preparations that you need to as our ushers are going to go ahead and get in place as we prepare to receive our offering. Giving is a reflection of our hearts. And you might come every single week and you sing songs and you hear sermons and, and maybe something every single week inspires you, it speaks to you. But, but honestly, it's more about inspiration. Uh, honestly, what we do here every single week, hopefully it's more than simply trying to make us feel better. Uh, really, what, what our goal is every week, we want to encounter the person of Jesus. Hello? Amen. We want to meet and encounter and go deeper with the person of Jesus. Inspiration is fine. That's not what we're after, honestly, at all. We want to meet Jesus. We want to know Jesus. And, and so what happens is as our hearts, like Tammy said, like we just sang, are surrendered more to Him, what happens is we meet Him. And so giving opens up our hearts to meet Jesus. And so whether you give here, many of you give online through the app, if that's how you give, God bless you. But right now is an opportunity for you and I to open our hearts. Maybe you didn't plan on giving today and God is speaking to you. I just want to encourage you today, no matter what the gift is, if you want to encounter God today, that happens with a heart that's in a certain place and condition to hear Him. Say, Mark, I want a heart like that. How can I get my heart in a position to hear from God? Well, like we just sang, surrender. Giving is a form of surrender. And so right now, we're going to pray over our offering. And let's just ask Jesus to give us open, surrendered, generous hearts. Would you pray with me? Father, as we receive this offering, we just continue in worship. Because worship is surrender. It's not, it's not songs that are made to feel good or inspire us or or help us to, to get through what we're going through. Worship is an encounter with you. Worship brings us into your presence. And God, you're alive. You're a real person. You're not out there in the galaxy, off in the distance, watching. You are right here in this room. And, and some of us are deeply aware of that. And maybe others of us are questioning it. And maybe others of us are just not aware of it at all. And God... God, the common ground there is where our hearts are. What's, what's the condition of our hearts? Are, are our hearts open and receptive to you? And so, Father, that's why we give. We give out of love for you. We give because, God, we want hearts that are open to you, that are receptive to you. So, God, there's somebody that's here, and they're going to give today right here in this service, So they're going to give online, and, God, they do it every week or they do it regularly. God, there's somebody here that they're going to give today for the first time. And I pray, God, that right there at the moment of that act, right there at the step of that obedience, that they would encounter you. Jesus, you are so generous. You gave your life. And so, God, as we follow you, just a byproduct is generosity. A byproduct is surrender. And so, Father, as we give today, let it be from hearts that are surrendered. God, take this offering. And, Father, we pray that the gospel would go worldwide through it. God, we pray that missionaries are sent, churches are planted. God, that the hungry are fed, that, that lives are impacted here in eastern Kentucky and beyond. Father, I, I thank you that you're at work today in this place. And Jesus, you are inviting us into changed hearts through the simple act of generosity and surrender. So Jesus, we say yes to, yes to you today. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. You give as God leads you. 
to give today. And like I said, maybe you're here and you're not ready to give. You can give online. Now, one thing with that, hang on to your connection cards. All right, we're going to give you instructions for how to use those at the end of service. But uh, these connection cards, uh, we always give everybody a moment to fill these out, so hang on to these. Uh, but God bless you for giving. Now, now let me uh, instruct you. Let me just tell you what we're doing here today. Let me just tee up what we're doing. Honestly, I've been excited about today for several months, honestly. Uh, uh, my friend, our friend, Hope Juarez is coming to preach today. Now, now Hope actually preached at Summit several years ago. Uh, when I say several years, it was several years ago. Uh, three, maybe four years ago, we were at the forum, and, uh, and Hope did a phenomenal job uh, preaching. And I get comments from time to time about Hope preaching, about how well-dressed he was. And once again, he does not disappoint. All right? And so Hope comes. Can I just uh, tell you, listen, there's so many stories that I could tell you about Hope, and, uh, and, I'm, and Hope will just come up and just tell you, I'm sure, how much of a blessing I am in his life. Uh, I'm ready. Can I tell them a story? It doesn't matter. I have the mic. A um, couple years ago, couple years ago, Hope and I, we were in Prestonsburg at Pig and a Pope, and uh, this popped up on my Facebook memories yesterday, Hope, so it's of God that you're here today yeah. is what I saw, yeah. what, what I thought of. <laughs> and, you know, when you walk, we were there for a church plan, planning meeting, planting churches in East Kentucky. And uh, you know that pig when you walk in, there's a big pig in front. And I knew that Hobe would look good. And I said to myself, I'm going to get Hobe on that pig today. And sure enough, there's a picture of Hobe and I. And I had to get on it. I was going to show it, but I'm not going to. Right. Uh, but I will in the, first, in the second service. Okay. Um, but there's a picture of Hobe and I on the pig there at Pig and a Pope. So it's a beautiful memory. And uh, I'm sure it just brought glory to the Lord that day. Um, <laughs> Hobe is the is the leader uh, is a is a church planting group leader for the Kentucky Baptist Convention. Hobe honestly was instrumental in us planting Summit Whitesburg. Uh, when I say instrumental, he played a vital piece there. I think you preached at their anniversary mm -hmm. this past year, right? Um, literally, uh, man, God was just God was in on that uh, starting that church. And can I just tell you that like not a stretch at all. The person that God used to help start Summit Whitesburg, uh, probably more so than the team that went, is Hobe. Um, just the financial, uh, uh, just the financial uh, contribution that he and the KBC made, and just the investment that he made. Uh, man, I just love Hobe's heart for the kingdom of God and church planting. Hobe asked what he was going to preach on. I said, "What can I preach on?" I said, "Preach on whatever you want." Um, I'm not going to tell you what he's going to preach on. Uh, but if you've been at Summit for a while, you know that this is a theme, and you know we're about to start a 10-week series on prayer. And when you hear it, uh, this is just God putting some pieces together. And I just love what's going to happen here today. So Hope's going to come, and I'm going to pray for him. And I, uh, I want you to welcome Hope. Uh, he's just a voice that I want in our church. I love Hope, and I love his passion for the gospel and for planting. And so I just want you to listen, amen him, and get excited, man. It's just an honor, honestly, for our church to have him. Uh, so I'm going to pray for him today. Would you pray with me, God? I just pray for hope that, Father, you would fill him with your Holy Spirit right now, and you would speak through him with power. Father, your word never returns void. God, it is no accident that the word we're about to receive is the word we're going to receive. So help us to receive it, not to hear it, but to receive it and to be different because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, would you guys welcome Hope with us this morning? God bless Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. 
Thank you so much, Mark. Um, <clears throat> so good to be here with you guys. Um, yeah, there are a lot of stories that I could say about Mark, uh, but you live with him on a regular basis. So, I mean, nothing that I can say will shock you about Mark. One thing, though, uh, it's that I appreciate the fact that he allows me to make fun of Star Wars on a regular basis. That is something... That, that was orchestrated, too. Um, I appreciate that so much. I really do uh, thank the Lord for Mark's presence in my life and the way that he's challenging me on a regular basis, the way that he's teaching me, and the way that he's welcoming uh, my, not only my voice, but the, the invitation that he, he made. Uh, we were just talking about this, and uh, he invited me. It's been probably four months since we have been trying to find a date that would actually work for me to come down here. And I just want to say thank you uh, as, as a God-given presence to this city. I just, to, I just want to thank you for everything you're doing to take the gospel forward, to be an incarnation, to be a representation, to be possibly the only face of Jesus that someone will see. As you're going and loving to people, as you're going and encouraging people, as you're going and praying for people, I just want to say do not lose heart. Keep on moving forward. Whatever you're doing, whatever God has given to you, just keep on doing it. God will continue his, to move his kingdom forward because of you and what you are doing. Don't ever forget that. When we're talking about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God looks like what you see in the mirror Every morning when you wake up and go use the restroom, that person that you're seeing there, that's the kingdom of God. And, and be mindful of that. Not in a negative way, right? Some people say, will say that in a negative way, like, like heaviness on our hearts. In a positive way, just know that as you're talking to people and praying for people, as you're quoting scripture, as you're sharing with others, the kingdom of God moves forward. And I'm so thankful of serving with the Kentucky Baptist Convention, 2,400 Baptist churches like this one across the state of Kentucky. And I want you to know that you belong to that as well. So when you happen to hear that the Kentucky Baptist Convention sent teams, some missionaries to Africa, that we reach people in colleges, that we are planting new churches, that is you. You are Kentucky Baptist. And don't ever forget that. Mark, thank you so much. Appreciated the opportunity of speaking about stillness. And, and, and I, I want to I help you. I want to I present a picture of how did I get to this point. Mark was making fun of me uh, in a good way, uh, as every pastor and a friend would make fun of other people. Again, I'm sure you have heard him saying and making fun of people multiple times. Don't need to elaborate on that, but I think spiritual gift of, of Mark Amen. For the last four months, I had a chance to be in New York, Atlanta, Houston, Dallas, once in Mexico, and I'm getting ready to go to Brazil in about two weeks. And I'm saying that because the Lord gave me a heaviness on my heart about the things that I was seeing and about the way that I was living my life. I'm not saying that to brag in any form of way. Believe me, when you're 6'4", being in an airplane, 
It's not fun. It's not fun at all. I have my own vices, and one of those is that I enjoy my own bed. I only sleep when I'm at home. Mark told me, hey, man, are you spending the night? Like, no, dude. I would rather wake up at 4 in the morning, leave home around 5.30 than spending a night in a hotel. I don't sleep well in hotels. So I was looking at my life, and I'm looking at my calendar, and I'm looking at my, my family and my home and what's going on there. And the Lord began to praise into my heart, what are you doing? You're extremely occupied. And all of those trips were kingdom-related, but it didn't feel right. There was something in my heart that didn't sit well. And as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about how concerned am I about getting, meeting, getting to meetings and getting things done, but I'm <coughs> somehow getting away from God. Not necessarily experiencing God more and more and more. So I started to pray, right? That was, again, back in October. I started to pray and I started to think, God, what do you want me to do with this? Then Christmas break came along, right? And we all come up with resolutions. I know you came up with resolutions. I'm a nerd, right, at heart. Uh, not the kind that enjoys Star Wars, but a different kind of nerd, right? So every time at the end of the year, oh, no, I'm not going to do New Year's resolutions. I'm going to look at my moral compass, right? I told you I was a nerd. So I started to pray and say, God, Give me the themes that are going to help my life stay on track on 2020. So I went to Scripture, and I talked to my wife, and I went to Scripture, and I talked to people. And God gave me five themes. One of those was stillness. And I said, God, why are you giving me this? Especially when I'm coming out of a busy season of my life. Why are you giving me this? What do you want me to do, and how do you want me to move forward with this? And then I started to realize, you probably heard this before, that we are on a regular basis bombarded with information, but that information is not leading to knowledge. That knowledge is not leading to wisdom, and that wisdom is not leading to a life that is being transformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. God was telling me, you are busy, you are acquiring information, but you are not getting to know me more. You're not becoming wiser. You're not becoming more like my son, Jesus Christ. And then the Lord showed me. And I said, God, why is this so heavy in my life? And then I came to realize, because I'm not alone. Even as I'm speaking, you're probably hearing and saying inside your heart, yes, you're describing my life. When you're looking at the world, when you're looking at the kingdom of God, Every country, every continent is facing different challenges. We do not pray or face the same challenges that people in Mexico do, or our brothers and sisters in Africa, or our brothers and sisters in Korea. But I think that you would agree with me on this. The biggest challenge that us American Christians have right now is to know God by being still. I'm convinced that the biggest challenge that we have right now as Christians in this country is the capacity to slow down and to recognize that we only get to know and experience the fullness of God when we are learning to stay 
still. What do I mean to know God? To see God as he is. To be in awe of his individuality and his uniqueness. What do I think that's a challenge in America? And I think, and again, I think that it's a very American challenge. What do I think that? First of all, because God has blessed America to the point that all of us are entitled with a sense of immediate gratification. We want what we want, and we want it now. Thank you, Amazon. Thank you, McDonald's. Thank you, all of the things in my life that are telling me, you want it, you can have it, and you can have it now. Second, I think that as a challenge in American culture, because we are success-obsessed. I don't even know if that makes sense in English. I think it does. We are really obsessed with being successful. Look at the people that we admire. Look at the history of our nation. And I can say our nation. Sure, I wasn't born here, but I'm an American citizen, so I can claim America. We are success, and we have an obsession with being successful. Think about, think about the archetypes. Think about the narratives. Think about the stories that fuel the American dream. Self-made men come to America with a dream and a dollar, and you can make it in America. Think about the patriot. We are not going to take it, England. Think about the trailblazer. It's always individualistic and people that are pursuing successful success and <laughs> wanting to become successful. And lastly, in America, we are bombarded on a regular basis with superficiality. Everything around us is superficial. Let's be honest. Being admiring America equals being popular in having some kind of appeal to others. So God is telling me, in America, we're facing this constant movement. We do not experience God because we do not know how to be still. So I said, God, I understand. I get the concept. Help me. How do I move forward? How do I learn to be still, that I can get to know you better, and I get to experience the fullness of your spirit. And God gave me this scripture, Psalm 46. I'm going to read it. Open up in your Bibles. I'm going to read it. Uh, uh, yeah, shocker. I speak Spanish. You should all read it in Spanish, right? You can read it in English in your Bible. We're going to read the whole chapter, the book of Psalms. Chapter 46. Psalm 46. Dios es nuestro amparo y fortaleza, nuestro pronto auxilio en las tribulaciones. Por tanto, no temeremos, aunque la tierra sea removida y se traspasen los montes al corazón del mar. Aunque bramen y se turben sus aguas y tiemblen los montes a causa de su braveza. Del río sus corrientes alegran la ciudad de Dios. 
el santuario de las moradas del Altísimo. Dios está en medio de ella, no será conmovida. Dios la ayudará al clearar la mañana. Bramaron las naciones, titubearon los reinos, dio él su voz, se derritió la tierra. El Señor de los ejércitos está con nosotros, nuestro refugio es el Dios de Jacob. Venid, ved las obras del Señor que ha puesto delante de los asolamientos de la tierra, que hace cesar las guerras hasta los fines de la tierra, que quiebra el arco y corta la lanza, quema los carros de fuego. Verse 10. Estad quietos y conoced que yo soy Dios. Seré exaltado entre las naciones, enaltecido seré en la tierra. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. It is only in stillness that we get to experience God's presence. This is a theme that we see all over Scripture, from the beginning of Scripture to the end of Scripture. God is always in the least expected places, and God is always whispering to our heart in the midst of stillness. Be still. And know that I am your God. I want to give you three recommendations. If you are taking notes, if you want to, I can send you my notes later. But I want to give you three ways, very specifically, that you can actually utilize to pursue stillness in your life. Number one, limit the inputs in your life. Choose wisely who and how many voices are speaking into your life. Limit your input. Who's speaking into your life? How many voices are you putting in? I grew up in Mexico City. My family is originally from Spain. <coughs> Sorry, we moved a few years back. I was born in Mexico, raised in Mexico, went to college. And there's a sense, there's a sense of homesick, right? There's a sense of homesick that I get especially in the evenings. So I got DirecTV. I have about 47 channels in Spanish. Yeah, it's possible, right? Probably 46 of those are about soccer, and I'm happy with that. I have no pushback at all. One of the channels, though, it's news from Mexico City. And I got myself into the rhythm of getting home, getting supper, and then watching the 8 o'clock news from Mexico City. And I started to notice something very interesting happening in my heart. I started to get bitter. I started to get sad. I started to get angry with the government of Mexico City. And I know what you're thinking. Well, they probably deserve it. Well, yeah, they probably do. But I don't live in Mexico City. I don't even live in Mexico There's absolutely nothing that I can do to change. And then, in talking to my wife, she's like, oh, remember the 47 channels? The one that you are watching, that's one of the news channels? What about trying this one? And I started to notice, oh, wait a minute. The one that I was watching first was poisoning my soul. The one that I'm watching now, it's doing that to a lesser degree. And I started to think, who's speaking into my life? The words that are coming out of my mouth are echoing who? 
let me challenge and debuke this idea that because of technology and because of what's going on in the world, you are to let many voices into your heart. That's not true. And when you think about it, you can think about it in two different ways. I told you I was kind of a nerd. You can think about it in terms of analog and electronic. Let me put it in a different way. What kind of technology are you letting speak into your heart? Let me be more precise. What kind of social media are you letting speak into your heart? Are you punishing yourself and those around because a tweet of someone that goes against what you think and what you believe, and you're letting that sit in your heart that is stealing your ability to be still in the presence of the Lord? So that is one thing that I want to challenge you. Who's speaking into your life electronically? The second one is, who's speaking into your life in person? All throughout Scripture, we see that God says, seek and pursue wisdom from others, but be careful about who's speaking into your life. I don't have any social media, and I'm proud of it. That I'm bragging about. I don't have any social media. I, every, every here and there, I ask my wife to check onto Facebook on one of my college friends. And she's like, no, you stalker. Get your own Facebook. That's what Facebook's for. I'm like, yeah, you're right. right. The only thing that I use is YouTube. And if you use YouTube, I mean, I watch, I'm listening to music. I'm listening to different things. You notice that in the latest update, they added a feature that provides with mixes. Right? They get on my nerves because they take about five or seven songs that I listen to. They put it together in a mix, and they are, look what we found for you. And I'm like, no, you didn't. It was me. I told you that I like those songs. And the only thing that you're doing, it's reaffirming the idea that what I want is right. The only thing that you're doing is telling me, you see, you know about music. Mark doesn't know anything about music, but you do. Look at the, the, the songs that the algorithm is recommended to you. Do you have people like that in your life? Do you have, who, who's speaking into your life? Do you have people that come to you and say, oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, you should be mad. Oh, yeah, we should be angry about that. Limit the amount of people that is speaking into your life. Choose wisely. Let only a few people talk into your heart. Number two, recommendation number two, if we want to pursue stillness in our life, slow down. Be intentional. Become deliberate. Do not rush. Slow down. You're very familiar with the passage in Scripture. Luke chapter 10. Don't read it. I'm just referenced to it. Don't, don't look for it. Luke chapter 10, verses 41 and 42. The two sisters are at the feet of Jesus Christ. One is busy. One is occupied. One is extremely concerned about all the things and the preparations needed for the house. Martha comes and asks the Lord, Lord, do you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to come help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord responds, 
You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Slow down. Slow down. There's no rushing you giving an answer. If someone is asking a question and you need time to pray and to deliberate, say so. Eliminate unnecessary things in your life. Slow down. Never rush. Never rush. Look at Jesus' life. Every time that we're looking at Jesus, people are coming to him. Someone is dying. I'll get to it. Your friend is about to die. I'll get to it. We need you somewhere. Chill. Relax. There's no need to rush. Only a few things matter. So that's why the first one is important. Once you are able to eliminate voices, unnecessary voices in your life, then you can slow down. Because you're then are able to decide what matters and what doesn't. What's the big deal with being rushed, you would say, right? Well, let me think, give you three things that we miss that happen when we are rushed. The first thing that happens is that when we are rushed, when we don't slow, slow down, we push, put ourselves away, and we push ourselves, sorry, away from God. If you don't slow down, you're going to push yourself away from God. Spending 20 minutes in prayer? No, I don't have time. I have things to do. Spending 10 minutes reading scripture? No, I don't have time. Rushness pushes us away from God. Number two, the problem with always rushing is that we are more susceptible to temptation. When we are always rushing, we find ourselves doing things that we don't want to do without even noticing it because we are always rushing. Temptation never occurs suddenly. It happens over time. But when you are rushing, you become yourself impulse-driven impulse and more susceptible to temptation. Number three, when you're always rushing, you numb yourself to the injustice happening around you. Someone else will take care of that. I have to go. Someone else will do it. I have to go. Whether it's the orphan, whether it's the poor, whether it's happening in the form that you want it to be happening, injustice occurs around us. When, when you are always on the go, you numb yourself to the injustice that is happening around you. Be slow to talk. I give you permission. Blame it on me. That funny looking, funny talking, silly mustache wearing guy that came and preached at church. He told me that I can slow down. Slow down. There's no rush. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You're already being justified. Or do you really think that what you have, it's because, because of your hard work? Do you really think that what you have accomplished is only because of your labor? 
Or do you really think that rushing yourself, as Scripture says, will have really any positive impact in your life? Seek God's kingdom first, and everything else will come. Slow down. Number three, third recommendation. If you want to know God in stillness, embrace silence. Embrace silence. Create spaces of silence. Twelve times. Twelve times in the Gospels. Twelve times the Son of God is recorded being by himself speaking with no other than his Father. The Gospels record 12 times that the Lord Jesus Christ was by himself seeking silence in the presence of his Father. Perhaps one of the more clear examples that we have of this is Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Very early in the morning, it was still dark. Jesus got up left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Every single phrase, every single sentence in that, in that passage of Scripture, every single one of them could make it to our goals, right, and, and New Year's resolutions. Jesus Christ, very early in the morning, very early morning, it was still dark. Number two, he got up. <laughs> Number three, he left the house. Number four, he went off to a solitary place. Number five, and he sought his father's face. That same line of events repeats itself 12 times, recording Jesus doing that on a regular basis. If he needed that, how much do we need that? If the son of the eternal God was seeking to be on his own, how much more do we know that, need that? One of my favorite writers is Eric Fromm. He died in 1986. If you heard me preaching before, before which you have, you probably heard me quoting him. He was originally born in Germany and moved to America right after the big war, the second one. And he wrote, he has an article, and he said, one of the things that amazes me is that because of the busyness of American life, we do not know how to be with ourselves. Back in the 60s, no social media, no TV, no Internet, no cell phones, nothing, he said, that's why it's so hard for American people to invite just one couple over for dinner at their houses. The thought of awkward silence is unbearable to the average American. Isn't that true? We do not know how to be with ourselves. We do not know what to do with silence. We do not know what it is to be in a position when the only thing that we have to do is listen. And probably listening to the Lord himself. Going back to the passage on Mark, 
and, and again, you don't have to read it. Verse 35 says, Jesus got up. It was dark. He left the house, went and prayed to the Lord. Verse 36, then Simon and his friends came looking for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone's looking for you. Come and join our chaos. Well, what are you doing? And Jesus replied, <laughs> let's go somewhere else. I'm not even going to <laughs> give in into your craziness, into your business. Let's, uh, <coughs> let us go somewhere else so I can preach there also. That's why I have come. My first recommendation about limited input, it's about the people that is speaking into your life. This one, the last one, it's about you embracing silence. It's about what's coming out of your mouth. Seek spaces to embrace silence. And I conclude with this. It won't be easy. Maybe even as I'm speaking right now, you're already thinking. I haven't checked my phone in the last 20 minutes. Or maybe you're thinking, I know what's going to happen the rest of the day. I know that I need to go home. I know that I need to get the kids ready. I know tomorrow is school day. There's no way that I can embrace stillness. I hear you. Sounds like a very noble thing to pursue, but I can't. To which I would respond and say, you cannot yet fully, completely, but you can slowly but surely start creating places for stillness. Are you calendar driven? Do you have a busy calendar on your phone that you keep at all times? Block sections of time to do absolutely nothing. And enjoy God's presence and be still that you can actually get to know him. Do you have a paper calendar? Is it on the fridge? Do you have all the kids' activities? Do the same. Get a highlighter. Hey, don't tell anyone. Bless your kids. They don't, they don't need to know this. They're out there. And that, don't put it on me, but bless your kids with time away from technology. Bless your kids with the ability to sit still. And now they're not missing anything. They can be with you in silence, experiencing God's presence. You may have a business, and you may have people that you need to supervise. What about creating a system that you start to delegate? Delegate. That you can start thinking in the future and do the thing that God has called you to do, which is lead people forward. Whatever you have to do. We have a saying in Spanish. And I conclude with this. How do you eat an elephant? We say in Spanish. Do you guys have that saying in America too? You don't eat elephants. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Let me encourage you. Take one step today, whatever that is, to pursue God in the midst of stillness. Not busyness, but stillness. Let's pray together. And as we close our eyes, and I was, as we bow our heads, 
what's the difference between what we do here and what motivational speakers do? Mark said it. Your pastor said it a minute ago. Yes, we want to encourage you. We want to motivate you. But we want to do that in the sole foundation of the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And let me say something very clear. Everyone's eyes are shut and everyone's praying for the neighbor, for their families. Because you know what I'm about to say. It don't matter how much do you try to limit your inputs. It don't matter how much you try to slow down. It don't matter how much you're trying to seek silence. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will never be at peace. You will never be able to be still. You will always be pulled in multiple directions. And I don't know you. I don't know who you are. You've never seen me before. Perhaps you did. But I don't know where you are in your journey with the Lord. If anything that I said to you resonates with you, and you know in your heart of hearts that you need Jesus' peace, we want to pray for you. Mark will come here on stage in a minute, and, and he's going to keep on leading us. But, but let me tell you this. Without Jesus, there's no peace. And without him, you will never be still. And without Jesus, you will never know the true and only God. Would you open up your heart for him today? Would you recognize that you have been running around trying to chase something that is unattainable because you're missing the biggest piece. And that is a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, as Mark comes, Father, and he continues to lead his congregation, I want to ask you, Father, that you will give us the ability, Father, to slow down, to be still, Father, and to know that regardless of what the culture says around us, when it comes to you, less is always better. Father, and it's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, that we pray. Amen. Let's just stay in this in this moment of, of response. And, and just with your heads bowed and with your eyes closed, I, I was listening to Hope, and I was, I was thinking, God, this is a new way to live. This is not a sermon. This is just a a new way to live. This is an invitation from you to do life at your pace. Just to live with, with your voice prioritized over every other voice. God, this is, this is just a new way to live and it is right. I just want to ask a simple question this morning with every head bowed, with every eye closed. Just in a moment of honesty, and, and you know, every week we say, you know, we give you a chance to respond by raising your hands. You're not raising your hands for me. This, when you raise your hands, it's really your body doing what your heart is already doing. It, it just brings your body and your heart into alignment to say, this is what's happening inside of me. And, and if you're here today and you would just simply say, this was for me. Would you just put your hand up right now so I can pray for you? Just I needed to hear this. There's a hand. There's another one. Anybody else? There's another one. Several hands right over there. There's somebody there to my back, to the back there. Anybody else? This, 
This was for me. There's another hand right over there. God, I, I pray that, that you would not let this leave us. Somebody, if you just raised your hand, or even if you didn't, if this was for you, then, that, then, then what that just automatically means is, is we can't just hear this and say, that was really good. This, this part of the sermon spoke to me. It means that by the power of the Spirit, things need to change. It's the Holy Spirit. We pray for your power. We pray for your presence. Just to embrace stillness. God, just to limit inputs. God, as we're thinking about just the way that even, even rushing impacts our souls. God, on the table from you today is just an invitation to live in a different way. God, I love this. What a theme this has been in our church. And, and Father, I just thank you for this gift. This is a gift that you have given to us. Help us to receive it. Help us to receive this, not simply as a good sermon, but as a gift that leads to life. God, do that. You can do that, so do it. We love you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.